This podcast is intended for a mature audience. That means 18 years and older. We talk about mature stuff, stuff that is gross. Like this episode, we'll be talking about poop and pee. And if that disturbs you, then this is not the podcast for you. If you're under the age of 18, please leave. This is an adult-only podcast. Thank you for listening. The sound of a toilet flushing and the feel of relief. As an adult, most of us know that going to the bathroom is very, very important. I, for one, get scared if I can't make it to the bathroom after those Taco Bell nights. But what happens when your child doesn't go to the bathroom? What happens when they figured out they can hold going to the bathroom and get more stuff done? I can tell you exactly what happens. They end up with a lot of health issues. Now, training a child who is on the autism spectrum to use the bathroom is hard. Training any child to go to the bathroom is hard. And sometimes you're ready to throw in the towel and just say, shit wherever you want and pee on the walls, but you can't do that. He used to be good at going to the bathroom, but he taught himself to hold it. And now, excuse my language, he can no longer feel the sensation that he needs to go to the bathroom. That's right. His butthole doesn't alert to him that he needs to go to the toilet and go. So this has caused some problems in the past and we didn't realize how serious these problems really were. But now we're aware. You see, when he first was doing this, the school would call me and they would say, crazy mom, your child had an accident and he needs a new pair of pants and underwear. So I would take them up there, give them to him. He'd change. They tie him in a bag and he'd bring them home. I'd destroy them with bleach or burn them and call it a day. After a while though, I started getting questions in my about my house and the life inside the house. Is there anything new happening in his life? Are there any problems at home? I knew where this was going. I've seen it and I've heard about it many times. And as much as I could assure them that everything was fine, everything was peaceful, there was no abuse of any kind going on, they obviously were skeptical. And I can understand why, because I'm sure a lot of people get questioned that and they lie when nothing is fine. After about the eighth time of this happening, she said, if this happens again, she'd have to report it. Well, I didn't want that to happen, because once the government steps in, 
usually nothing good happens. So I had to sit down and talk with him. I took him to the doctor. He got a note from the doctor saying that if he needed to go, he could go at any time because they were restricting when and how many times a kid could go to the bathroom. Okay, now, can that work for quote-unquote a normal child? Yes. But for a child who has any type of disability, that doesn't work. Well, he stopped messing himself. Now, he's in third grade. He's a little gassy. He's a gassy kid, okay? And I'm not going to lie. He gets it from me. Okay? I'm a gassy person, too. But I go to the bathroom. There's a difference. Now, I have taken him to the doctor because he says that he's constipated, this and that, and we have to give him, like, full-strength Miralax and everything else. And he would fart and just poop a little bit. We couldn't figure it out. Until we finally had to go to a pulmonologist, one that listens to how you breathe. Now, when COVID hit, you know, anytime you cough or sneeze, you're looked at like you're about to get hanged for a witch trial. And he had been coughing before COVID. And it kind of stopped a little bit when we went on vacation, but he still had allergies, sniffles, and sneezes, and then he started to cough again. So I tried, you know, giving him a little bit of honey, because sometimes honey helps with a cough. Um, that didn't do anything. So then I went and got him cough medicine. That didn't do anything, and his cough was almost sound like croup. Now, if you don't know what croup is, it's something a child gets, and it's actually very contagious. It starts with a barky cough that you sound like a seal, but you're coughing, okay? And then your throat and everything is inflamed because of the coughing, and your throat starts to close and tighten meaning you can't breathe. It's basically, a, your lungs just get sick and you have to take medicine. Sometimes you can get a fever, sometimes you don't. He had that almost every year. Except for last year, they finally stopped and we were happy. But when his cough sounded a lot more barky, I took him to the doctor. Hey, I don't know if this is the croup, but his cough is getting serious. Okay, let's put him on a round of antibiotics and see if we can do something. Okay, we did that. Nothing happened. So we went back after another month. Okay, he's still coughing. Okay, let's try a different round of antibiotics and an inhaler and we'll do a COVID test. Okay, so we rushed to a place, got a COVID test. He did, I didn't. He was really brave, despite having to shove a giant Q-tip all the way into your brain. 
I'm exaggerating, but that's basically what it was. He didn't cry or anything. He just took it. And that came back negative. I was whew, relieved. I could breathe. Everything was great. We did the antibiotics. We did the inhaler. And he was still coughing. But then, on top of that, he would get the hiccups. And not just little hiccups. No, hiccups that hurt. That would last for almost an hour. And he was getting them maybe three or four times a day, every day. And then he started to experience heartburn. Now, my child is eight, okay? I get it. Sometimes he can exaggerate. I, I am totally aware of that. But he wasn't exaggerating because he was in pain. And then between the hiccups and the heartburn, he would vomit. And then he wasn't pooping right and pee everywhere when he said that's just, it got too much. Between having to go to psychiatrist, the doctor for the cough, everything else, I, I was ready to tap out. But they said, let's try a different doctor. Let's see a specialist, a pulmonologist. Okay. Now, the place that we went to, the doctors are almost Mayo Clinic level. And you can look up information about the Mayo Clinic and how epic their doctors are. So, we went. We were there for an hour. We went home with... 10 prescriptions. Why? Well, it sounds like he has asthma. And to get that under control, that takes two inhalers. So we're at two medicines. The heartburn is another medicine. And because his allergy medicine, the liquid one over the counter, wasn't working, they prescribed him a pill. That's four. And then another pill, I can't remember whether that one is five, some chewable is six. And a couple of other ones, plus the ones he was getting from his psychiatrist. Look, I have like a whole circle container just full of mess. And one side says morning, one side says night. And we meet in the middle. Here's how she explained it. Because... He was holding in his bowel movements and his urine, urine, sorry. It backs up to where it's backed up in the stomach. So when it backs up into the stomach, it doesn't have anywhere to go because it's not going out. It has to go up. So that means it's pushing up on his lungs. And then at the bottom of our throat, there's like a little flappy thing that opens and closes to let the food come in and out. Well, in a child, that's not fully developed yet. So because there was food back up, he'd have the hiccups and then heartburn because the food was just coming back out. But it wasn't coming out like process. It's still coming out whole, which would get stuck in his throat, making it burn more and inducing more coughing. Yeah, my child not going to the bathroom made him sicker. It's, it's been a pretty 
it's been a hilly battle. I mean, just say that because now after he eats, after like uh, about 20 minutes, he has to go sit on the toilet for five minutes and try to push a little and stuff like that because he's got to figure out what it feels like to have to go to the bathroom. We have to retrain his little butt to realize that when you feel this sensation or this pressure, you need to go to the bathroom. It's finally working. But now we have this new problem. Since recently, and we are, are not sure why, he has been extremely hungry. And he has gained a lot of weight. He is an obese child. We are trying to get him to be healthier. Since being on the medicine for his schizophrenia, he has been trying new foods and new textures, and he's, he's been a lot better about it. But we're not quite there yet. He still wants to eat large portions, but then continue eating more. Part of it is because he's bored. He doesn't have friends outside of school or outside of the computer or the home. It's hard for him to make friends between the autism, the schizophrenia, and whatever other factor is out there, COVID or whatever, it's hard for him to make friends. So he's home a lot and he's lonely. And I totally understand that because I'm home all the time and I'm lonely. So he's been eating because he's bored and he's gained a lot of weight. He can no longer see his penis over his stomach, okay? So when he sits down, that part of him is right between the top of the toilet seat where your butt sits on and like the actual toilet itself. So when he pushes, it's like a liquid rocket ship comes out and gets all over the wall and all over the floor because he can't push it down to aim because he can't, you know, reach it. So now he's going number two, but now there's a geyser happening every time and it's not fun. So now, the new challenge is to start getting healthier. And I'm not a small person. I will 100% agree to that, okay? So this is a chance for me to work on myself and my body and eating healthy. And it will inspire him to do the same. We made a contract. I put that in quotation marks because you can't really make a eight-year-old sign a contract, but I made sure that it meant something. That him and I would start eating healthier. We would cut down on the carbs significantly and the sugars. We'd eat more vegetables, some fruit, and drink more water. We figured out how many calories we need in a day, how many 
ounces of water we need, how many vegetable servings, and everything else. But crazy mom, he's an eight-year-old child. Don't you think he'll grow out of it? Maybe. But he has to learn the healthy habits now so he can use them as an adult. Otherwise, he'll keep on this path. He could end up with type 2 diabetes. And then that's a whole new world of problems. His arteries could get clogged earlier and he could have heart problems at the age of 25. He could get arthritis by 30. With a diabetes, he could lose toes, hands, fingers, and feet. He'd have to take his blood sugar all the time, which is needles, and possibly inject himself with insulin, which is more needles. It's a sad situation that I have to help my child eat better. I wish I could be like, hey, you did a great job at school today, let's go get some ice cream. But I can't do that anymore. And honestly, we probably shouldn't celebrate good things with food. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to completely restrict him. He can't ever have sugar again. Look, I'm not perfect. Okay, there are times when I go to the store and they just made some fresh cookies. And I, I try to resist. And I can't. And I buy one cookie. Just one. And I eat it, and I try not to eat anything else sweet for the rest of the day. So I'm not going to be like, oh, you can never have sugar again, or you can never have that pizza again. Because that's unrealistic. But if I'm to teach him anything, now is the time. So that way, he can learn it, and he can make the better choices when he's older. So I've gone from one problem into another problem. On the upside, though, he did get angry, but he hasn't exploded in a while, which is, trust me, a win. He was upset for some reason. He wasn't doing his homework seriously. And I said, okay, well, if you're not going to do a serious, or if you're not going to take this serious, then you're not going to play on the computer anymore, and you're going to go to bed now. And he was like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, yeah, you kind of are. And Crazy Dad's like, yeah, you don't really have a choice. And crazy son goes, you can't tell me what to do. So I turned to him and said, kid, you're not the boss of me. I am your mom. And he goes, yeah, I'm the boss of all of you. I said, okay, that's it. We're going to bed now. I was firm. I didn't get upset or anything. So crazy dad was like, okay, let's go. And he got mad. And he came past me in the living room. And he goes, mom, I want to tell you something. Yeah, what's up? I fucking hate you and I hope you die. Okay. That's all I said. And I tried not to laugh. Because it's not a funny situation. But the way that he said it, it was so casual. Just like, I fucking hate you and I hope you die. Like, that's just like a typical thing now to where it's just like, oh, okay. He also wished crazy grandpa would die and he told crazy dad that he wished he would die in a fucking hole and he sat in his room and we figured okay well we're, let's get ready let's put on you know the paddock gear we're going into this fight 
but that didn't happen. He was there maybe five or ten minutes. And then he came out. I'm like, here we go. I'm like, hey, what's up? I stayed calm. I just wanted to say I'm sorry. And I shouldn't have said that. And I know I'm not the boss of you. Yeah. He apologized to me and to his dad and to the grandpa. I'm taking that as a win. Any day that I'm not getting yelled at or stabbed at or bitten at or punched at or any other horrible thing is a win and I will take it gladly. You want to tell me to go die in a hole? Fine. Tell me it. But he didn't scream it. So we are winning some battles. We are fighting more battles. I got a feeling today is going to be a pretty hard day because I figured out on the router that I can turn off the Wi-Fi or the internet for a set amount of time. And during that set amount of time, he won't be able to get on anything. So YouTube on the TV or the TVs at all, unless it's basic cable, computer, his phone, whatever. And during that time, we're going to exercise. I have a treadmill in my big room here. We're going to exercise and we're going to do some stretching and everything for that hour. And then once that's done, he can get back on the computer or whatever else needs to be done. It doesn't matter. I'm not asking him for a lot. I'm not giving him the option though to take a lazy route. I'm telling him now, your life is in trouble and it's time to be serious and here's what will be done. Not what I want done or what I hope will be done, but what will be done. Unfortunately, Halloween is only a couple of days away. What do you get on Halloween? If you said candy, you're correct. If you said little bags of chips, yeah, we get those too. Luckily, we're not going trick-or-treating because we don't really know if it's happening. We're going to like a haunted forest for kids and other stuff. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it'll be fun. We're both going to go into costume and it'll be great. I apologize, though, to everyone who has listened or started to listen that I just up and disappeared. I had started a really great job at home and I loved it and it took up a lot of time. It was contract work for our company. I cannot say a lot about it for many reasons. But now that contract work is up, I'm out of a job again. So that means I will be back on here talking about my crazy son or we can look into maybe you guys out there mailing me 
some of your stories or stuff you're going through. I don't mind getting a P.O. box and us all connecting in some shape, way, or form. So I'll be keeping up to date on my podcast. And maybe I'll start talking about what I do in free time when I have it. And, you know, maybe a little bit about my past. Who knows? But I want to hear other people are going through and how you're dealing with it and what have you tried that has worked and what have you tried that hasn't worked so if I set this up I want people to start mailing me and I'll start doing these podcasts more and we don't have to talk about our children and how crazy everybody is we could talk about why my tree isn't growing or why there's snails on your plant. I don't know. But we should be talking. More people should be talking. Because what else are you going to do? Not a lot. As always, you matter. And suicide is a serious issue. If you are feeling sad and angry and depressed, and you feel like that might be your only option, it's not please reach out to somebody that you trust, a friend, a parent, a teacher, a counselor, a doctor, anybody for help. I will not judge you. People will not judge you. You asking for help is one of the hardest things you can do. You matter. You can call the suicide hotline. If you want a right to be telling me that you feel depressed, then do it, and I will listen to you. I'll read it on the podcast, and I'll answer any questions. Let's start caring about each other. This year is almost up. Let's hope 2021 brings on the better parts. And don't forget midnight on December 31st going into January 1st, if that's when you celebrate New Year's. Whenever your new year starts to shut Jumanji. Because I am tired of this game. Thank you for listening to me. I'm Crazy Mom. This is the podcast, This Crazy House. And I'll be on here more often. Tune in next time.